Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Take TV podcast. Bit of a different edition this week. We are live, uh, much to um, help JD out here because he's probably still putting the kids to bed, George. So he will join at some point. But um, how are you, George? We'll welcome you in and then we'll we'll get to the agenda. Uh, being better, Supercoach not going too well at the moment. A bit of a broken team, but... Obviously, obviously yourself with Mills, um, not great at the moment either. But yeah, a bit of a rough week for Supercoach. It's just pretty shattered today. I, um, I've i been waiting for this health supplement or this health like green mix all week. Rushed home early to get to the post office before five. Got it finally. I was so happy. I got my health. Um, it's like a green drink mix. And they sent me one six-month supply with a one-month expiry date. So pretty shattered about that um but yeah that, that's about as interesting as my day got but nonetheless uh how are you and i guess how'd you go this week yeah so we'll just i'll go over the agenda but we'll obviously get go over how we went for the week reluctantly in my sense but um the mvp and the fault will do that some injuries uh a few updates today um some dpp further updates there so that's coming um pretty soon some targets, of course. Who can we trade out? We'll give our opinions there on who can go, um, who we think can stay. Rookies, of course. Uh, we'll have a look at the landscape there. Captains, and then we'll do some questions at the end. Since we're live, we'll we'll get all the um, the chat involved, and we'll we'll do some live questions at the end. So, um, yes, MVP and fault, George. Uh, I guess I'll get my out the way first, and if JD joins pretty soon, we can talk about his good week at the end. But um, twenty one hundred for me, just scraped it. Um, was you know looking, I think, pretty. I think, I mean, a lot of people's projections looks good every week these days. I think mine was about 2500, but yeah, managed to go 400 off of that with uh, obviously Mills bringing him in. Um, brought Brasher in, who you know, 88 was okay. I, I didn't catch any Saturday games uh, again this week. Um, was actually out and about watching some VFL, but supposedly you reckon he's he's going to be okay and you might actually be bringing him in, but. Um, so brought those two in and then brought in uh, Weddle. So I guess Weddle um, went well. Happy I've got him, but yeah, the big one in Mills, of course. Um, I guess can be my fault. You know, I feel bad giving the old the fault to uh, an injury uh, guy, but uh, it's more than just the injury score. It's it's pretty much going to cost me, you know, uh, all my upgrade. Kate, like he's five twenty. Got him in for it now. He's four seventy after one week with a with a four. So. You know, it affects who I can get this week. That was my last boost as well. So, um, yeah, it's pretty of a uh, depression session over here for my team. But um, MVP, I'll give it to, I'll give it to Sicily again. It's funny he's gone MVP two weeks ago. He was the the fault last week, and now he's the MVP again. So, look, hopefully he can continue being an MVP because he's about um, all I've got. So. It's him, or maybe I should give it to Walsh because I haven't given it to him yet. He's been good, one of the only good trade-ins for me over the last three weeks. So, anyway, that's my team. I'm sitting at um, about three three thousandth. You know, I got seventeen trades. I could, you know, still go okay. Aim, I guess, is top one thousand, but it's going to be tough uh, since I've been, you know, set back with the mills. So, enough about me, George. How'd you go, mate? Um, so this week we scored two thousand one hundred forty-nine. Um, not really sure what to say. I think uh, just a lot of premiums and rookies 
did bad. The good ones were benched. Been waiting for Wilmot to go down back for a while. And first time I haven't fielded him in ages. Um, he does this, 75. Um, yeah, ranked yeah, 7.5K, so just so much work to do. Um, I don't know, I think it's been positive the past five weeks. And yeah, just a backward step this week. But MVP of the week, I mean, Errol Gordon, 156. I suppose everyone has him, but um, this role that they're just feeding him the ball is fantastic. And he plays north this week. So he might be a VC. Um, fault of the week. What have team? I written here? The whole, the <laughs> whole lot the whole of them. They're all, they're all fucking useless, dude. Like, I don't, where do I start? I mean, I'm not going to give it to Jack Steele. I explained why Jack Steele I think will be okay, but he's got, he got his leg kicked in. Like, come on, it's anyway. Um, oh, I, I got to give it to Sinclair. Like, oh my goodness, 47% kicking uh, disposal efficiency. He hasn't been this bad for, I don't know. I think the worst, the last time it was below 65 was over a year ago. Um, the role was like sometimes forward of the ball, goes in the midfield, goes down back. And when he's down back, they give it to Nasaya sometimes as well. So very, very frustrating, frustrating pick. Um, yeah, I think he's turned up the last three weeks, but like only just, and he had three games at Marvel, which is part of the reason why I brought him in. But yeah, do some outside of Marvel Stadium, please, Sinclair. So he gets my fault of the week, but... Um, honestly, like this midfield, there's just there, there's something wrong with all of them. Like I don't know, it's weak to three. It's roll. It's I don't know. It's just an excuse. And yeah, all three of them just yeah, Laird, Merritt, and Steele. I'm probably going to bring in Brayshaw. So the awesome foursome is coming in the next four weeks. They say one of them will get the fold of the week every week, but. I'm anyway, here, um, I'm here with you. Let's bring in the man who's a bit more positive. He's he's managed to join us, and that's JD. Can we talk about a good team here, JD? Can you help yeah, us? Yeah, we can. I mean, I I have a feeling, though, like, you know, early on in the season when you were flying, you know, you made <laughs> sure like I was here rounds. for the start. You, I was here for the start of everyone. But the last few weeks I've been going good. And you're like, I oh, will start early. Nah, JD, you can catch up. That's all right. Just join in whenever. <laughs> so you can skip through this front bit. Um, all right, I scored 22-40, which I don't think was – like a particularly great score for the week, but I did manage to move me up another 50 or so spots into 166th overall, which is pretty good. Best rank of the year. Just got to see if we can hold on for now. Um, MVP and fault of the week. I think I'm going to have to give the MVP to Petrarca. It wasn't the highest score for the week, uh, but now he's got a three-round average of 146, and he was the player I traded to after the Miller injury and has kind of really saved my season and kind of got me back on track. So um, big ups to Petrarca. And then our fault of the week, I mean, I, I just heard Sinclair. And then I feel like it's a little bit unfair to give it to rookies in Sheasel and Sincotta, even though uh, Sheasel's 68 is well down what we expect for him. And Sincotta's 33 just straight up on field was pretty bad. So do you know what? I'm going to go left field. Um, and I'm going to give it to English, someone that hasn't deserved it at all this year. He's 125 average, but in an 88 in a week where like Shrek basically doubles up hurts a lot. So I'm going to give it to... Timmy English, yeah, he's meant to be punishing those that went Grundy to gone and still holding on to Darcy, and he hasn't done it for us the last couple of weeks. He needs a bit of a rocket to lift. Yep. I don't want to look at the points between him and Shrek since we made that trade, JD, but I can't imagine there's much in it, if anything, anymore from there. I know he was ahead up until probably last week, but, yeah, 
Trek close the gap again. And um, look, I'd still rather have English, I would say, but um, you know, Shrek's holding his end of the bargain very, very well. Man's um, absolutely dominating. So anyway. I, I will uh, say, um, Timmy English has been at least like a vice captain, captain option during that run. And for those that didn't know, like Oliver, it been very handy. So that has been the one yep. thing that he's had on Darcy over that period. Yep, for sure. All right, we'll get to some injuries. There's, as I said, quite a few as I was scrolling um, down the, the injury report. Uh, I guess the good thing we're doing this on Tuesday is those uh, are mostly updated by now. But tried to obviously pick out some ones with some sort of relevance. So Daniel Rich... I mean, we thought he was going to be back maybe this week, George, but he's still listed as one to two. So I guess for Wilmot owners, um, you're a bit happy about that, or don't you want? I think you want an excuse to trade. I've got to him, get rid of someone, <laughs> and it's because Hopper lost 15k. Um, yeah, it's probably good for Sharp. It, it, it might, I don't know if it's good. Like it's good that he should play, but it's bad that. Yeah. Like I think he's, he's good enough to hold his spot, but they got a really, really strong 22. When they've got like I think they've got Answorth was sub. Archie's playing good in the VFL, so it's like it's sort of hard to read if he's going to keep playing or not. But you think he plays for the next one or two? Um, you almost rather him in just so you know if Sharp's mm. in the best twenty-two with Rich. So I think we can discuss that in rookies. But um, anyway, proceed. Yep. Um, Darcy Cameron is a test, so I think many believe, or there's been many reports that they expect him to play. He's kind of been ready, I think, for a week or two. They just being extra uh, precautious with their, you know, ruck crop and everything. They've basically lost everyone in that area. So uh, I think they expect him to play. Uh, CJ, a recent one that popped up today, he's, he's done a calf and, and they're not really sure on the time frame yet. So I think because that's quite recent, probably happened today or s- uh, some sort that we don't know the time frame yet. So, you know, for Weddle, um, for Seamus Mitchell. What, that is another unlucky one. It's a bit like the Dill Will situation where, you know, if he wasn't sub, everyone would have picked on him. And if this CJ news had come a week before, everyone would have picked up Weddle, I think, over some of the other options last week. So, like, just really unfortunate how the timing worked out on this stuff. Yep. I think Scrimshaw was out of the tide, right? So, yeah, I assume he would come in. But, again, you don't know what Hawthorne are doing. Um, for track is a test, but I think there was a report yesterday, right, JD, that he's totally fine and flying at the, on the track. So Moving without problem or something like that. So sounds it like sounds... Yeah, I mean, he said he was fine after the game. Apparently, he's been walking fine all week without limping, training. So even though he's got a fitness test, it it, it sounds to be really unlikely if he misses from here. Yeah, not like we know, but we can assume he's one of the best trainers and preparers. So I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah. LDU three to five with the hammy. So look, I think we were telling many people to get rid of him before that. And then he actually comes out and scores quite well on the weekend, but then does a different injury and he's done his hamstring. So... After his first two weeks where, you know, I was toying with him in the preseason um, and he went he went monster. It's just been, yeah, a, a disaster. I don't want to open up old wounds, but the trade in that week and what's happened since, uh, you know, finally shut the door on that and it's just unlucky for him because uh, he was, you know, building towards a big season until that point. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Hopper, calf, four to six weeks. So, look, I think we all knew we were trading him out anyway this week after he got subbed out. Um, so yep. that just confirms it. Maybe Manx more for it... other formats, just quickly. Maybe Tarantos. Yep. I think he scored better without Hopper that game. Oh. I can't remember. I think um, I've reset him every week in fantasy. Yeah. It's been a, taken at most weeks. So, yep. Right. I think he's. Continue. Is he most. Ex- no, second most expensive behind English in fantasy at the moment. Fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nank, the other Richmond one, is a test. So I think 
they believe he'll play. But I guess, you know, he's got to get through the week of training. We're not sure, but he's, yeah, pretty close. So, you know, Samson will obviously, if he if he does play, get a little bit less ruck time. But, you know, I expect Miller to go out. So Samson would still get some. I'd still Do you keep, still field him, though? I would field him this week. But to be honest, George, I don't have much of a choice. So <laughs> uh, I guess people with maybe that luxury can go somewhere yeah. else. But he's still got better upside than most rookies, I would say, surely, yeah. right? Like, you know, I'd still be confident just, on no. him over Simpson. So. Yeah, I mean, not that um, Eno's going to talk about Essendon's injury list because who cares oh, about us? But um, no Laverde gone. Um, Jake Kelly had a concussion. He's a test. And uh, Ridley had the concussion. He's a test. So we might have a couple of taller defenders back this week, but our defense has been pretty undermanned. Two of them returning from concussion. Uh, I think Samson could score well, even if he's doing a little bit more forward time this week. Yep. No, forgot about that. Totally agree. Jack Steele, George. Now, this is unlucky. Like, nothing related to his shoulder at all. But then I think I saw that photo of him getting kicked while um, he was disposing of it or whatever and twisted his knee. So so he was, he kind of fell under Sloan, who was kicking the ball. Who was kicking? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, like, Steele's legs kind of got wrapped in his legs, and that must have been how it got strained. Completely unfortunate and random. But is word is. Going to be all right, or they just obviously again going to be a, a test, test throughout the week. So you can't bring him wait. in because no. they're going to like Ross Lyons already sitting Marshall healthy. Like, what's he going to do with Steel? Like, <laughs> I'd be shocked if Steel plays through the fourth quarter this week if he plays. A lot of coaches, if, if if up. game's done, they're resting him, which I don't Hopefully hate. The in the balance, then yeah. Well, yes, correct. You hope it's close, and, and they don't have that luxury. But yeah, a lot of lot, lot of more coaches are doing it these days. Um, Can't wait for him to bench Sinclair and Steele and Marshall going forward. <laughs> I, I I will say though, like I think Steele would be a little bit filthy if he got benched against JWS because it is his old side and he has like I think a yeah. couple of big games in his history against them as well, playing against them. So yeah, but yeah, very hard to bring in now. Uh, Mills the same as Hopper with a car four to six. So yep, great for me. Hopper and Mills are my tradeouts this week. Doesn't get much Oof. simpler. And then. I think you put this George with Cumming, who's also done a calf. So the calves are the new, are the new injury at the moment. A lot of people are doing them, and he's probably yeah. It says five weeks, but yeah, four to six, I'd say as well. Seven kickings um, for Whitfield. That's good. And go. that's particularly interesting, which we'll get to in a sec with Whitfield and maybe Ash. People are looking at, um, and not to mention the hottest property for rookie downgrades in the week's time. Correct. We'll get to that at the end. So uh, anything else you boys um, thought we missed of injuries or just general news before we move uh, on? Laird copped a hit to the ribs and they interviewed him. Weekly interview. How are you, Laird? Are you going to play this week? Yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> Same thing <laughs> every week. So, yeah. It was like a sort of like a Esau, just game's over, just sit, in, let him sit sort of thing. Yeah. But, yeah, he said he was fine. I think it was yesterday. Uh, cool. All right, let's move on. Uh, once again, I'll put some DPP news that we have at the top of the podcast to get some good vibes going. But nothing has really changed besides one man here. You see, sitting third there. But with Walsh and Gorn, they're continuing uh, continuing to rise. Pardon me. So Walsh again, I think um, was thirty seven or something last week, and considering he's forty percent now. That means he's, you know, um, obviously had over that again. So with two games left, it's looking very likely he'll get it. Just quickly, and with Kennedy, I think they want to play him, I guess, after his good fourth quarter. They played him 50% CBA. More likely, Walsh gets less, I guess. 
They can't yeah. even fit Cherry in. Cherry's getting low CBAs and he's been playing well. Yeah, he's playing well. And then this week they shafted him back to halfback. So, yeah, they got one too many in that position. But I think Walsh will continue rolling off that half forward line, which helps re forward status. Um, Gorn, you know, is on the edge for 37%, but looks like he will get it as well. It's, you know, a bit harder for, um, or it's not actually him. and So him and Walsh will play less games. So, you know, it, one big game from Walsh in the midfield, one big game from Gorn, pure ruck. It can possibly flip, but uh, it looks like it won't. Uh, I guess I'll just talk about the other Melbourne guy, Petrarca, uh, JD. So it looks like he probably won't. He's obviously the one that's played all year, and at 31, it's going to be hard to flip that enough in two games. Um, still possible, but um, probably unlikely. What, what does he need, like 80% both games? Maybe with that ankle. Maybe they give him a little rest. Maybe, maybe, but hey, you don't care anyway. He's been <laughs> no, no, absolutely no, banging in the, in the midfield yeah. anyway. And, we want and him in the midfield. That keeps him a bit more of a pod anyway, so um, yeah. that's good for that. And then Jack McRae, George, I mean, what the hell is going on here? He was, you know, 20% or so, and now to be at 35, I think he had 9% CBA, so what, a couple on the weekend and played 90% forward. So he's literally catapulted himself right up to be on in line for it but um i guess the question is do we really want him george do we want to will we even consider him no nah, he's done it's not a starting midfielder you got butters there no, not that's low owned he's like fourth in the coaches votes plus you got most people have the four or five that we started with plus a zebel and she's on nah like i don't know how you can possibly pick someone that's not even a starting mid so no has got them all this week didn't he and he's Actually, is a forward, but I mean, yeah, you can't trust Bevo week to week. You don't know what's going to happen. Caleb Daniels getting them, you know, over McRae the minute. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the fact that McRae had one of his most forward games of the year, and that was with Trelaw out of the side, it's just very hard True. to trust that at all. Um, one that you're missing from list is uh, your man Shorty, who Shorty. is yeah, forty percent to get, I think, at the moment for defense status. Uh, any interest in Shorty if he gets that, that defender status? Look, he's, he's still playing a bit midfield, right? So I don't know. We don't know week to week with him and Baker. And I think you'll, I guess, with Hopper out, maybe be relied on in the midfield a bit more too now. So, um, yeah. Look, I mean, I, probably, I, yeah. I think the problem with Short is the same problem that uh, like Walsh has as well, which is, and Doherty, for those looking for cheap defenders, it's the last buy. Most people are full up on these. So, uh, if you've already got them, great. Otherwise, I think they might end up being luxury targets post buys. Yep. And I think most people's defender lines are close to full anyway. Um, once you add in Sheezel and Zeebel and everything. Anyway, we'll You'd move on to from be on that. drugs to pick someone that's done two calves this year. <laughs> that as well. It's, yeah, flavor of the month. Uh, and they can pop up, every, uh, you know, at any time. All right, let's talk some primos and some targets that we might want to bring in. We'll start with some defenders. Uh, James Sisley, so, you know, off the back of that CJ News, um, again, oh, I yeah. didn't catch the game, so you'll have to help me here, but, you know, they brought Blank in, but then he got injured straight away, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I'm not too sure how much it benefited him, but he seemed to be freed up a lot more in this game. Um, you know, had 27 touches, uh, you know, played really well, judging by the stat sheet, so... Um, if you didn't have him, you know, what's he, 540K, I believe, in my team, would you be looking at him, either of, either of you guys? I'll start with you, JD. Well, I've been thinking up um, a fun way to categorize these defenders. 
And I thought we might introduce a segment, at least try it out with a live chat. Here's what they think. And it's called Cook or Crook. Are they going to cook in your sides or are they going to rob you of your money and your trades and your dignity, which is what these bloody premiums have been doing to us so far. So are they cooks, the chefs in the kitchen or are they crooks stealing your hopes of a, of a car? Or actually, what do we do? What do we play for money? We're playing for money. 50 K socks. Socks. Yeah. Yeah. Socks. KFC. Yep. Not for George. Um, uh, what do you think, Jerry? Hat, hat would be pretty coveted over at the uh, potato <laughs> household, I think. <laughs> um, Add to the collection. Uh, so Sicily, Sicily, Sicily. I, I mean, I think it's really hard to back them in because I'm pretty sure in games where they get beat, Sicily is going to be absolutely fine. Like where they're getting smashed by good sides, he's going to be fine and score well and he can do what he did last year. But in any of the weaker matchups like the ones we see this week, I reckon it's going to be full pedal off. You're going to see absolutely no effort out of him. Uh, and it's going to be a real, real struggle. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I Like three of his last four are really good scores. But then the Frio game, which is once again one where they could have won. Um, yeah, like 63. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's no reason why he shouldn't dominate West Coast, but I just don't believe that he will. So, I am... Probably off Sicily. Yeah, probably off. What do you think, George? Um, I think Cook. Not like a five-star Michelin chef Cook, but like a okay Cook. Because if you look at his scores, he's got two really bad scores. Uh, 76 against Geelong when he uh, Jezza kicked seven that. on him. He's just losing his head. And then last week against the Dockers um, where they like, he only had four rebounds and he gave away a 50 right off the bat. So he was just playing catch up the whole year, uh, the whole week. Like the game, I think they lost by, I don't know, 10 goals or something. So yeah, the scaling kind of got screwed a bit with that. Everything else is 90 to 134. 134. So um, I think he's like low hundreds, maybe that sort of range average. So I think that's okay for his price in a defender. I like him better than Sinclair. And if you asked me a few weeks ago, who would I prefer? I probably would have said Sinclair, but now I changed my mind. So I think he'll be okay. Um, he has a high ceiling. They gave him, you still see Hardwick and Sicily in the square together. And Sicily's still the one that walks off. That still baffles me a little bit. Um, but that is yes. seven to Hardwick, Tully three retake. to six still. So. Yeah, the rebounds were up to nine. This week, last week there were four. So, um, yeah, they get, he just didn't get involved last week. But there, there might be down weeks just because of just Hawthorne. Who knows? And they're sharing the load a bit. No CJ. He scores better without CJ. Uh, I must say the sixty-three came in the only game CJ didn't play this year. I think I believe, okay. which was the um, the Frio game, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, like, I don't know if there's anything like, did Scrimshaw play that game? Was he still sub? Sure. Uh, yeah, because I assume that's the in for CJ's scrimshaw. So I don't know if that changes things at all. Suppose I think he's like a low hundreds upside. So that's yeah, that's where I have that's where I have him at. Low cook, little little Bunsen burner going on. Yeah, yeah. Supposedly CJ played a bit of wing against the D's, and then. Um, he got a bit of a knock or whatever. So, I don't know. Maybe we see Weddle push up the ground and if Scrimshaw comes in, I don't know. Who knows what Sammy Mitchell is going to do. 
he's got COVID. He's already trying to lose his game. Um, so <laughs> uh, they'll do I'm their like best. Coughing for all the plays. <laughs> <laughs> Hug me, brother. Um, we'll move on to the next one. I, I guess the question George answered, but Sinclair or Sicily, who would you choose? And I think I'm with George now on this uh, as an owner of both anyway. Um, Sinclair, I just don't know like the bit that there's a bit more uncertainty with his role week to week. You know, one week he's, you know, fully down back and then the next he's, you know, 50% CBAs. I think two weeks ago it was 60. I don't lo- totally love it and I knew it was there as, as a possible threat to the pick and I still brought him in. But, um, yeah, I don't know what you think, JD, but if you had to pick out of these two now, wh- which way would you go? Who's the who's the bigger cook? Who's the bigger crook? Uh, so part of the reason <laughs> for picking Sinclair was because of the buy. And so he still got that, which is nice. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I mean, buy structure, I think, comes into these pretty heavily at the moment. I probably still would rather have um, Sicily. And given I think he's probably a crook, I, I think I have Sinclair up there and crook status too. So um, I wouldn't, wouldn't be recommending to jump on either, even though their prices are low. Yep. Oh, and I also like the other concerning thing for Sicily was he, uh, so Sinclair, he had his lowest kick-ins for the year, just the two. Um, I think like even a couple of weeks ago where he scored a right, it was up at like seven against Port and he went 109 there, which was one of his biggest scores. But yeah, like um, pretty, pretty worrying trend, especially with the, the CBAs. And we were thinking that steel back would help that and it just doesn't seem to have been the case. Yeah. I mean, uh, Sicily is um, six right now, George, with, you know, his average. Obviously, Stewart's way up more than, but he's already ahead. So, he's top six and Sinclair's like 10th to 14th range, thereabouts. So, with Sinclair, I think he'll be okay. Uh, what I said last week, he scored 99. That was a bad game for midfielders. He had 60% CBAs, 63. Yep. That is way too much. And that was a game of very low stoppages. I remember that. I think uh, the uncontested marks were up by like, or marks were up by, I think it was 25%. And then stoppages were down by 30%, something like that. Um, So it was kind of a hard game to score in for midfielders. And then this week, uh, he had like a few bad kicks early. And I think he's like, he was on 14 DT, 2 SC, and then never really recovered. Went into the midfield and actually started scoring some points when he went in the midfield. Um, yeah, and only the 23 touches as well. Before, he's had the last two games, he's had 23 and 23 touches. Before that, he was averaging like 28, 29 a game. So there's definitely no real reason why he can't bounce back, but like the role's a little bit annoying. So he's averaging, what, 97? I think he's like 100-ish from here on out. Uh Hopefully the mid-time isn't too high. Otherwise, it's lower than that. But if it's what it was before the for like the first seven, eight weeks, then I think it'll be um, 100-ish average. So I think he's okay post-buy. He'll drop a bit. It'll be cheap for you if you want a cheap pickup there. So I think he'll be okay. But yeah, Fair enough. would rather other someone else, to be honest. But I'm stuck with him now. Yep. All right. Let's talk about a couple more funkier options in... Sam Doherty, and look, the chat, anyone watching probably won't want to talk about Sam Doherty because I probably guess that they owned him earlier in the year. Don't anymore. Obviously went through that pretty poor patch um, scoring, even though, you know, in a couple of those games he was still quite uh, finding a bit of the ball. And, of course, got injured, but he was back quicker than expected and 
he's playing a bit of a weird hybrid role where I think, I mean, I think in the the Brisbane game, he played, you know, three positions in, in the one game, you know, started in the midfield, then played off that sort of half forward um, role, pushing into stoppage that Walsh did and then went down back late. So, look, you don't really know where he's playing week to week, but he's, he's a ball, like he, he finds the ball pretty easily. He's at 500 or 518K now. Um any consideration, George, or would you just not want to go back there? I didn't watch this game. I, I honestly don't have a good read on this. Did any of you guys watch it? I did watch it a bit, but as I said just before, he plays a bit of everywhere. So I don't look. Um, I wouldn't go back there just purely out of principle, but I still think he has somewhat merit, uh, you know, a bit of merit as a pick. JD, what do you think? I, I did watch the game and I probably like Doherty more than the other two that we've talked about so far. It's just the buy is bad. Uh, so I like it's I, very hard for, I think, teams to accommodate him at the moment. I think the upsides there, the concerns that I have around Doherty are very similar to Sinclair, which is the role is uncertain week to week. And we've seen, you know, the last couple of weeks, like Chera played three of his best games of the year. They then moved him to halfback. Kennedy got played at halfback. Then he got moved in as like, you know, sub for a couple of weeks. Now he's playing back in the midfield. What are they going to do with Doherty's role and how they're going to move him around concerns me because we've seen them do stuff like move him to the half forward line and that is death. But the rest of the roles kind of around the ball and behind it has all been okay for him so far. They still love getting it into his hands. But yeah, I'm pretty worried um, about exactly where he's playing in future weeks. So um, he's probably my favorite of the three that we've talked about so far if you really want one of them, but yeah, like, I don't know. It's not a slam dunk by any means. Yeah. And look, as I said, most people's defenses are probably set. So, you know, maybe we're talking about the last uh, player to bring in here or last upgrade. So I don't know. I probably steer clear at Docky. I think I like Sicily more, even though he is, you know, 30 K a bit more expensive, but you know, I just like, you know, you know where he's playing, you know what he's doing mm-hmm. every week. Um, uh, you know, might the occasional week where they have, they play a tall forward line and he has to play a bit taller and that might hurt. But yeah, don't know. And Doc came off injury, of course, right as well, so that plays a part. Um, and then the funkiest one uh, down on the list is yeah, as we said at the start, with coming out for uh, quite a bit with a calf. Um, and GWS had that last buy. It's Lucky Whitfield, and I guess you could throw Ash in here as well. Ash, who's a you could even cheaper. throw in Nick Haynes, but yes, yep. But I guess Whitfield maybe the you know. It has the pedigree. We you know we all went there last year and that didn't turn out too well. But um, he did take or soak up the kick-ins this week, you know, which is a positive sign for some, you know, a base of points. I mean, he has had the second most to coming all year. But, yeah, took seven out of, what's that, um, 12 this week. Coming to uh, – Ash took three. So, you'd assume – which would has the most, again, some of it circumstantial in-game, how many points get kicked, who's on the field. Blah, blah, blah. But do you like Whitfield at all, George, or are you just – I think I know what you're going to say, but you you just can't go there ever again. <laughs> no, can't go there, man. Just, you know, probably gave him too many chances and let us down too many times. So I can't go back, but I think he'll make, play Saints this week. I think that's the appeal of like Ash and Whitfield. They, the Saints give up massive points to defenders. Yep. Um, break even of 68, three, three round average of 402. More kick-ins coming with no Isaac coming. So I reckon he'll make like 50, 60K over the next till his buy. And you can probably flip him, but that doesn't really work with my trade count or 
set up. So um, doesn't really, yeah, it doesn't work for me, but I can see that scenario playing out that way. Yeah. Look, for someone like me, where I've got two trades and, you know, under a meal in cash, he could fit one of the, you know, one of the two spots, but yeah, I don't, I don't totally love it. And it would be a buy flip for sure. Uh, having the last buy does help his case. And as you said, Saints is a pretty good matchup. Um, so look, there's some merit in it. You know, maybe if you go on that cheap anyway, you just go Ash, who's you know down closer to 400, and ride that train. You know, at least he's got the opportunity to make more money. Um, what's his break even's 40? Uh, lucky Ash. So look, you could take the the plunge there. You are buying a GWS player. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, so <laughs> good luck if you do. I don't think I will. Um, all right, let's move on. Defense. Uh... Sorry. Here we go. Are you going to talk about GW's defenders not send it my way? Okay. Okay. Here we go. What have you got? <laughs> you may as well call him Heston Blumenthal with all the cooking that Whitfield is going to be doing over the coming weeks. Oh, and that is without, of course, coming in the side. He is going to be having six, seven, eight kick-ins a week, running around half-back, doing bugger all with it, but scoring pretty well for your sides, starting, of course, with St Kilda, who is ranked 17th against defenders this week. He's going to absolutely crush him. Is he a good pick? Hell no. You've got Doherty at like 30, 40K more expensive and on the same buy. And in fact, I'd probably even prefer his teammate, Lucky Ash, who's 60K cheaper, so a little bit more money to make and we'll be getting some of the kick-ins as well. But both of them, um, you know, pretty decent three-round averages there now. Lucky Whitfield, the 102. Ash, the 92. I think uh, if you really want to go something risky and try and throw a three-season round, you could look their way. Especially Lucky Ash, those are looking for cheap discounted ones. But... I would be hard pressed to go Whitfield over Doherty at this point in the year. Yeah, just seems a risk too far for me, but uh, probably suits my team the most in the position I'm in. But we'll move on. Talk a bit more about, about some midfields. Redmond. Oh, you got some others? Yeah. JD, any yeah. interest in Redmond? 430K, easy fixture. We know he yeah. likes that's. So, for those that um, are unaware of the old Red Dog, um, he's. Along with like Petrarca, he was one of the ones that had the biggest differential between wins and losses last year. Had some really big games, including the 176 against North at the back end of last year where he had that rib complaint problems. So with Essendon kind of notoriously having one of the softer um, matchups from here, from the run home, where they should both be racking up more wins and they've got some of the easier defender matchups. Like even Richmond this week is like one of the bottom three or four sides or like very good for defenders to score on. You could see an uptick in Redmond scoring. I'm a little bit worried that he's 136 last week came when Ridley and Kelly were out of the side and both will be back this week. Uh, but yes, I think he's the other one you could look at from a cheaper perspective. And he he's like one of the most fun to own when he kicks a goal. So there you go. He had 10 kick-ins, played on from all of them, so... That's not so getting that every helps. week. Is <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, who'd you play? Who was inaccurate? Uh, Brisbane, weren't they? Anyway, we'll um, get to some midfielders, uh, which I guess, I mean, it's a spot I see in most teams. Uh, I'm not just talking about myself where, you know, that needs filling, right? We're trying to, we, we don't have much money this year. We're trying to, we just managed to fill the, the defense and forward line first, just due to who can we afford and, you know, who looks appealing and the, waiting for the mids to drop. And they, I guess they kind of are, but we don't really now trust any of them because of that, right? And a few are under injury clouds, blah, blah, blah. So we'll talk about a few here. We'll start with Zach Merritt. 
who was a big target for a lot of people over the last few weeks and, you know, for the coming weeks as well with, you know, JD just spoke about the Essendon fixture, um, which obviously plays a part in him. George, I know you got him this week and I was tempted to do that as well, but went last minute back to Mills. So I wish I joined you on that front, but there were some frustrations still with watching Mare on the weekend. What, what did you see? I went a week too early. Money is so tight. It dropped like 20K or something this week. Um, Merritt was good in the first half. Uh, Essendon, I think they were almost up. If not, they were up at halftime. We were, we were up by about three goals or something at halftime. And, yeah. yeah, Brad Scott, this brilliant idea to pull Merritt out the midfield in the second half, specifically in the fourth quarter where I think, um, you know, Pizza Safety in the Discord messaged me about Merritt. He had zero out of six CBAs in the last quarter. Incredible coaching. I guess they have a lot. You guys have a lot of, you know, you got Hobbs, you got Stringer, a few others that you want in there. I don't know if Perkins is getting any time in there, but I imagine he would want midfield time. Um, 62% CBAs, but around the ground stoppages, he just wasn't at them. Like, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. Uh, regardless, look, we have all these sketch premiums. Like, we talk about the Mills, Steel, um, Brayshaw, uh, Merritt's. A little bit more expensive than they were last week, but Merritt turns up every week and he gets it done and he's in his prime at 27. Even if the role is sketch sometimes, it's um, he scored well with 50 to 60% CBAs in the past. This is a layup trade, I think. I'm a big fan of Merritt. And I, with the fixture, double ups on North and West Coast, I think he'll finish strong. Um yeah, the role might hurt his ceiling a little bit going forward, but the CBAs were still there. So, yeah, I love this pick. Any additional thoughts, JD? No, I mean, I think it's a, a good pick despite the week that he's just had. And, yes, it has been very frustrating with how Essen's been running the midfield, but you'd hope the fact that we got um, beaten pretty badly in the second half might be an indicator that what we tried didn't really work and hopefully go back to more merit in the midfield. Um, I think the other thing is we've faced, like, seven of the top eight clearance sides or something like that now and, and a lot of the top four as well. So um, I think the the midfield should get a little bit easier for some of those guys and we should see some um, decent scoring off the back of it as well. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty optimistic that he improves from here. And, you know, those um, like, what, what did we win? Like four of the first five? And I think he went 92, 114, 111, 134 in those. And then the last three weeks we lost and he's um, kind of averaged just the 97. So, yeah, I think think some bigger scores might come with some of these softer matchups. Yeah, he was also getting attention early year as well. So, no, nah, I still was, love yeah. him. Yeah. I was looking at him before, uh, before my team went tits up. So, I'd still endorse him for sure. Um, I, think, I think the other thing, right, is like compared to some of the others, he's at least been pretty durable and he's got proven history of finishing in the in the top eight. So that's more than what we can say for some of the other options we'll talk about that are newer on the scene. Yeah, for sure. So um, he's cook. He's a cook. He's cooking. He's a, he's a cook. Yeah. He's a chef Merritt. Jai Caldwell, if he just gets out, back out of the midfield to half forward, where he was doing some decent stuff at half forward, then... Yeah. He, I don't think he played particularly well on the midfield on the weekend. He does need more time there, but wasn't that's, good. Yeah. Uh, Andy Brayshaw, so someone who I brought in last week. I just thought at the price, um, someone we sort of know, uh, you know, what role he's playing week to week. Yes, there's some frustrations with 
sometimes ball use, but sometimes I guess mostly probably contested possession rate with him um, doesn't help. You know, Sarong's the true in and under now and has really risen this year to where Andy's playing maybe a bit more outside than he even was last year. Mm-hmm. Does hurt his super coach a bit more, but at the price uh, and just the way it was looking, I thought it would, would be a decent trade-in. And look, an 88 isn't great first up, but I'm still fairly confident, you know, over his knee injury that he'll be um, improving going forward. Um, what did you see, George? I didn't catch the game. You you know, he still collected 30 touches, but, you know, small SCG ground, not, not able to run on the outside as much. But I think I looked it up because I didn't watch. He had... 18 kicks and only eight were effective. So very bad kicking efficiency game, I think, in the 40s, that is. And it was his by far the worst this year. So that held him back from the ton, uh, as far as I can see. But would you still endorse him? Yes, E. Cook. I like Andy. Um, I guess a few weeks ago, I wasn't too sure. But now um, this is the price range that I live in at the moment. So Andy did 110 last year, 112 last year. He's done 111 the last three uh, coincidentally, that was right when he said, I um, am pain-free now with his knee or lower quarter, whatever he has going on. I think he'll be okay. Um, is he top eight? No, I don't think so. What's he? What will he average for the rest of the year? Somewhere between 105 and 110 maybe. I think um, I did tweet this week that he has eight of the last... 14 at Optus, where he's played more away than home previously. I think four out of nine have been Optus now. Yeah, eight of the next 14 at Optus. I like that. Maybe I use this as an excuse, but SCG, Norwood Oval, he scored, didn't score super well. Small grounds, not good for outside-ish players, from what I've seen anyway. Uh, I think he's he's a decent pick. Um, If you're trying to get the best team possible, I think he's probably a skip. If you're trying to complete a team and you're worried about completing one, like, and you're just happy with someone a little bit off the top eight, um, I think he is a decent pick. Fair enough. I'm going to give him crook status. Six out of nine games below 100 this year, uh, and they've got the hard hard part of their fixture to come. As you pointed out, they're less reliant on him, and I have a feeling the only reason we really have been that interested in him is one price and two the buys but I don't think he's going to be close to the top 12 from here. So, yeah, I would rather pass close. if he could. I don't think he's going to be close, mm. no. No, I don't, I don't have him this close. I think it's I harsh think that- to judge him because he did play injured. I don't know how much he attribute those scores to that, but I think it's, it is a, a factor. Yeah, I, I think, think plays... I was going to say, say the gap between... More. Sorry, Jules. The gap between like yeah. ten to fifteen is not much, right? Like it's a couple points per game here and there. So as long as you can go one hundred and five, yeah, but the difference between fifteen and Brayshaw is bloody massive. <laughs> you mean up until right. this point, like with ninety? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, but we're not buying right. him for his first eight games. I got one, two things to say. Uh, one, he plays Geelong and Melbourne in his next two, so he scored one forty on Melbourne last year. And they've been giving up some big scores. They gave up 190 to Anderson. And Geelong at Optus with, I think, no Guthrie, no Danger, I think. So I think that's actually like not the most terrible next two. And then, JD, question for you. Put a number next to Andy Andy's oh, average for the rest of the year. I was going to ask you the same thing. Uh, like I would have put the over-under 
to make it challenging for you at 108. I had 107 in mind. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, okay, about that. So, about that. Uh, I, I would have said 105 is what I would, would have him penciling him and, in for. Him. So if you brought him in and you were and you got 105, 105 from him, that would not be good enough for you? Uh, like with the goodbye, it's not like, it's not terrible. And there's upside on the 105. Like he could definitely do more than that. Because he's got he's got ceiling games in him still, uh, but no no like I I'm not trying to bring in a one hundred five in my midfield. I'm trying to get one fifteens. Yeah, you're aiming for more, of course. But man, George, uh, beggars can't be choosers sometimes. So <laughs> um, next one, I guess, is his teammates are wrong. Who? Yeah, I think we all kind of see that he's the. Better pick now, at least for Super Coach. Um, you know, I think Andy's still 110 in fantasy, right? So, still a great pick over there. But in Super Coach, Sarong, a lot of contested ball, has really improved out of sight. Like he was, you know, always sort of looking to be on that trajectory, and he's just really seemed to um, to bang at the start of this year, and he's going really, really well at um, 114 average now, and uh, started about 500k. So would have been a great, great pick if you picked him. Are you picking him at 606 now, though? Is that, you know, look, every team's different. If it was viable, I'm sure you'd, you'd be all over it. But it just feels a bit hard bringing someone in at that sort of price that I guess still is somewhat unproven. But I do think, I just think he's pretty good going forward now, don't we, JD? Yeah, I'm, uh, I think he'll be fine from here on out. The big difference between this year and last year was time on ground for Sarong. I, I can't remember exactly what it is off the top of my head, but it's something like a 7 to 8% improvement in his time on ground, um, which has really helped with his scoring. Uh, and then, yeah, I think him taking over from uh, Brayshaw has been the other part of that. So uh, I'm not sure if he scores as well as what he has at like for, for the start of the year, but I'm, I'm still a believer in Sarong, and I'd probably still have him over Brayshaw from here. George? One moment, finding out something very important. Uh, I do like Sarong, but I'm just looking at Andy's time on ground over the last three weeks, and it is 86, 85, 84. Previous to that? Um, it would have been under 80 because his season average, I, I, have, to, I have to get it back to you. But um, his season average is 81% and his last three when he's been injury-free is up. I'm getting Andy this week because of that. All right. Now, so so prior to this week, so I'll go from round one. So 78%, 83%, 75%, 82%, 85%, 76%, and then 84, 86, 86%. So it's it's gone up a little bit, but he was having mid-80 games. Like he had a few of them. Um, prior to this week as well, or the last three weeks. And last year it was 79.4. So I think he can probably do, what, 83% for the rest of the year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, mid-80s, yep. <laughs> All right, now Caleb's wrong. Um, yeah, I think he, he's looked he's looked great. I think round one, they they send um, Bytel to him, I think. And he had a really poor score. So if you take that out, um, I don't have the calculator or whatever Excel in front of me, but probably be doing closer to like a 113, 114, maybe That's even more. So, yeah, it'd be more. It'd be way more. 
No, I like him. I think yeah, I think you you compare him to Andy, and he's up like five or six contested on him. Well, I think it's thirteen point five, and Andy's eight or nine, something like that. No, I like Sarong. I think it's real. Time and grounds up. Um, the contested balls up. He looks really good. And yeah, you just walk up high CBA's player. Maybe no Brody helps as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I do. No, I like Andy. Like me and JD's had a flashback then. Um, and no Brody, Brody does help. Yeah, no Brody <laughs> helps. Yeah, yeah. Bit of PTSD. Yeah, I do like him. Um, I again, think he's top eight. Yeah. If money, uh, if money suits, uh, I would go there for sure. Just um, have to be in a really good position to bring someone like that in. And then the buy is, is really nice too. But only two games then until the buy. So maybe look at him post that as we lose JD. Um, Roy Laird, George, uh, he spoke a bit about him in the injuries at the start. Um, you wouldn't push anyone towards him at this current point in time, would you, knowing what's going on? No, I just think he's going to drop a bit more money and he will be the easiest post-buy upgrade you've ever had. Yeah. It's just too much like... Every week is just they're looking after him. Well, I don't want to like be annoyed at him, but like fair play to him for getting up every week, dealing with this crap. He's getting us hundreds off three quarters. We're getting me hundreds. I'd say it's generally hundred, right? One hundred, yeah, one hundred two ninety eight. So yeah, so I guess it's annoying because you get him cheaper unless you don't want him for whatever reason. I mean, I'd be all over it if I didn't have him because when you take out the bullshit game, so the last three weeks. He's like sat heaps of minutes on the bench, been subbed out, and just and hasn't been running him out well. Yeah, if you take out those and round one, I guess you, you pick and choose, I guess. But his true average would be like 120-ish. You know what he's capable um, of. Yeah. So, yeah, I think um, well, with Adelaide, it's just, um, you know, Rochelle stepped up, Saligo stepped up. They've thrown Dawson in there. So, like last year, it was just, you know, Barry was your low-touch, high-tackle, yeah, Robin. And then Laird just had the whole thing to himself. So he could, you know, average one thirty post buy. He doesn't really have that anymore. So I guess it was a, um, it was a good fade um, at the start of the year. But I still think he will be like top five mid from post buy onwards. Yep, I'll definitely be looking his way. Hopefully, drops a bit more for my sake, but not for yours. So we'll see where he sits um, post buy. Noah Anderson, we've got here. Look, he's six forty he? now. He's six forty because of the one eighty. Yeah. We don't really need to speak too much on him. If you've got him, I mean, great. You know, didn't you got a bit of attention against West Coast, unfortunately. Um, still has the good buy. You know, you're going to hold him through all of that. There's, you know, a couple of hard games, but then some decent ones coming. I think Hawthorne soon, post buys, um, stuff like that. So, anyway, not someone we'd say bring in. I don't know how you would anyway, but, um, yeah, we'll see how he goes. And I think Took is still a distant future. Uh, away from returning, so um, and Rao's really stepped up as well. Um, really, really stepped up. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and then we've got well, I'd put in Chad Warner. You know, for some of the broke people like myself, you might be looking his way. He has North this week. Mills out as well. Not that it really affects him. You know, he's was always one of the, or has become now one of the mainstays in that midfield. Um, I guess Mills out just. Solidifies that you know. I think Warner had you know dropped a bit in CBAs in the weekend, so maybe you're you know you're more confident of that uh, picking up uh, you know over the coming weeks. But look, 500k is he someone you want to own for the rest of the season? Probably not. 
could he have a big few weeks? Probably or maybe. So if you're really struggling for cash, you could go there. What do you what do you think about him, George? I don't trust him. Gets tagged. Um it could be good, but I think we have guys that are a bit more like uh, like Andy or Doc that I'd, I'd pivot to that, those sort of guys over Warner. Just don't trust him. 52% CBAs on the weekend. Um, apart from Gordon, I'm not sure I want any Sydney player at the moment. Uh, although Mills, I think... Already, no point talking about Mills, but he was kind of stiff where like his floor should have been about 100 even with his role changing, which is what it was basically. Um, but yeah, I, I can't see myself picking Chad Warner. But like, is he on track for forward status? I think he was roughly. No, well, anyway, uh, I don't trust not. Warner enough to pick him, so it's a pass for me. Any questions there, Jody? I'm a big yes to Warner, I reckon. If you, I mean, if you're really looking for the cheap options, I think he's as good a risk as any. Uh, his three-round average now is 108, and I feel like his form has turned a corner from earlier on in the year. Um, North matchup this week, so I think you probably get a little bit of a sugar hit. Uh, and I think they're also uh, like one of those teams that they haven't played at home that much. They've got more of those games in the future. And if you look at um, like some of his biggest scores this year, like he's played four games at the SCG. They're 80, 137, 123, and 104 for his SCG games. And a lot of those other games have been, you know, poor in uh, Goomba Stadium, um, four scores at the MCG. So yeah, I don't know. I've got a I've got a good feeling about Warner. If you're looking for a risky 500k option with the first buy, yeah, it's for broke people like myself. So I have looked that way. But if you don't need to, I wouldn't recommend it. Um, all right, some forward targets. There's not a heap, but there's a couple of interesting ones. I mean, Zach Butters continues to impress. If you got him in. I want to say maybe five weeks ago, you'd be really, really happy. Uh, five round, yeah, average of 120. Um, CBAs have increased, so um, looking really, really good. Still scares you a couple of times a week. I, know, I think two weeks ago, he came off for a bit. Um, thought he might have been done. Uh, found a way to come back on, but yeah, you know, beat up on North last week. Has Melbourne this week, and as George said, actually not too hard of a matchup, and they actually haven't been over the last couple of years for whatever reason. Uh, for mids, then they get the Tigers, they got Hawthorne, so nice few weeks coming up. But he has that dreaded last buy, who many of us are already struggling for as it is, and to bring someone in that uh, adds to that, it, it, it um, you know, be a bit hard. So, what do you think, George? Or oh, Jaddy's going? Here we go. No, I was just going to ask: uh, Are we doing like a, a cheaper mid prices section? Might leave that, a few of people commenting, so maybe leave that to questions at the end and we can answer some of the more random oh, and obscure well, ones. Unless you, just, got, you want to bring someone well, up? Well, I was just the mid set, uh, mid midfielder section. Oh, we're going to talk about um, Matt Kennedy at all. We'll do it at the end. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. We'll circle back. I'm, I'm sure there'll be some questions you can force in. Um, so, yeah. sorry, forwards. Where were we? Yeah, Zach Butters. Amazing, isn't he? Um, th- this is one of the plays we pointed out, I think, in the preseason as you know, part of the preseason package that his um, his numbers with CBAs are phenomenal. The question just was, given some of the injury concerns, the preseason, how quickly would he get back to those CBAs? And he's well and truly there. I mean, the last three weeks, he's had over 60% in each game. He's looked amazing, basically being the best player, looked better than Rosie. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, love Butters, love watching him play. The injury risk is always still a concern. And I think the value in his price isn't as 
much there now as what it has been with that 560k price point. But um, yeah, you also struggle with him having the last buy, and that is every other forward as well. You know, like Taranto, uh, Dunkley, Cogs, Rosie, all all share that buy as well. Sorry, not Dunkley. Dunkley's first buy, but yeah, it's I think um, quite problematic with. Uh, with, for people to bring in butters, but if you've already got him, great. If you don't have cogs, you could probably look that way as well. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think he's just he's getting closer to fairly priced, so I just think it's a little bit harder to jump on now. Yep. I think he averages like 110 to 115 for the year. Whoa. Okay, well, he's like major cook status for you then. If, if you think that he's going to go that much from here, then he's still a buy at 564. Easy, easy buy at five sixty four. He did ninety six last year. Yeah, he did ninety six last year with like five excuse games. I think it might have been four actually. So he's actually not already wasn't that far off at last year. Uh, just yeah, scoring machine, just contested, good ball use, kicks inside fifty, uh, pretty good. So yeah, right. I so, think he's like he's like better than these mid options. I think, but my concern is his the biz play style. I just like I'm I'm so I'm one in like maybe two injuries away from like fielding a rookie for the rest of the year so or long term ones anyway so that it's it's only Jubilee that's scaring me away. Um, right. He's yeah. he's similarly priced to um, old Errol Goulden uh, at the moment. Uh, for those that for whatever reason don't have Goulden or Butters, who would you promote this week? I think. Um, Gordon's a weird one because CBAs are down, but the way they play, they just use him to um, use his kicking skills a lot. Just give him the ball, they feed him. So probably go. I'd go Butters as the pod. Um, Maybe we lost JD again, but yeah, he'll be back. I don't know. George, like obviously two weeks ago against Collingwood, but uh, Golden didn't spend any midfield time, but he did spend 50% just oh, okay. last week after the Mills injury. He's pretty, ver- oh, he just seems to oh, find okay. it anywhere. No um, I go Golden then. He's just been cooking, Golden. He's genuinely cook. He is Michelin five star, like at the yeah. minute. Like he is a one man show at the moment, and Swans are struggling a bit. Um, and he's probably, yeah, less of an injury risk. So I'd say Gordon just, but again, most people probably own him. Um, and Butters would be great to own, fun to watch, all that sort of stuff. Um, maybe some heart and mouth moments, but just a great scorer around the ball. He's just unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, I might go Butters this week. It's just a bit of a fun move. We'll see. But he is 560, right? So, you know, would you just get Merritt instead? Probably. Do you go like a Butters and Redmond or something? I mean, Flip uh, Redmond has a good fixture, like does well with the fixture. It's too much. I only have about 400 after Butters. Okay. So it's like a nothing move. Um, okay. Darcy Cameron, as I said at the start with the injuries, JD's back, is believed to be ready to go this week. So, look, do you go straight up off uh, a long layoff? With the knee, probably advised against it. But then there's obviously the dilemma that he's also got a 55 break even at 494. So, you know, he'll be over 500 next week. Do you want to get him in a cheaper price? Maybe. Do you probably just see how he goes first before you do that? What the split is? You know, Cox has actually been in good form. Probably is the way I would say. You know, the projected 80, 70s, 508k next week, you know. So, 
you're not losing out too much. You get to have a look. Um, then they go into a North matchup in two weeks. So maybe that's what I would advise more. But, um, yeah, I know you're quite keen, George, on DC. You're still looking his way. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, I- I'm keen for the reason of rock cover. a rut cover and I'd lean Gorn. Yep. I think Cox played like the, the best game of his career besides that prelim. Um, <laughs> yep. As first ruck, so I don't know what the split's going to be like. I mean, he'll probably be fine and be a decent pick, and the break even's low. But um, I can't. Nah, I, I don't like going blind. Sometimes you get done by not picking it. Sometimes you don't, and I will wait. And if I have to pay extra, I will. Um, yeah, I don't know what the ruck split's going to be. He's already done a hamstring this year. I will pass for the time being and assess post buy. Fair enough, JD. Any thoughts on DC? You know, I'd, I'd wait a week on him too. Um, I think you covered off all the concerns that I have. Cox, best week is number one ruck. Probably some incentive to ease him back slowly rather than rushing him into the role. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, that's that's one I'm happy to wait on. And, yes, the DPP would be nice, but if we get gone, I think that's probably still the preferred option over Darcy Cameron anyway. No worries. And then the couple of uh, DPP ones we mentioned at the top in, in Gorn, as George said, he's keen on it. And then Walsh, um, looking pretty likely to get it. So, I mean, Walsh for me, if, if all goes well and he continues this uh, split in the next two weeks, look, you don't want to say must have, but what he's doing, um, what he's scoring in the first three or four weeks uh, since he's been back is, you know, easily a top two forward Um and maybe even first, depending on obviously how Timmy goes. But um, yeah, the the problem is he is over six hundred and looks to be staying around that price. So can you you know even afford him? Um, look, he has one hundred and twenty five break even and has Collingwood this week, and they tend to suck up points better than most teams. So you might you might wait and get him a bit cheaper then. Uh, and he does have the worst buy as well, right, boys? So again, another person, yeah. Adding to that mix, like we've already spoken about, it seems the whole forward line is um, lined up there. So something you really should be looking at over the next few weeks, who you're bringing in, how that affects you um, for that buy in particular. Because, you know, unless you splash for trades to to do some flips, you might be left caught out. But um, what do you see with Wallace Shorts? Just quickly, JD, I think you got the wrong microphone. Um, But... Walsh, uh, yeah, I think he'll be top forward close to, if not thereabouts. So, yeah, I think he's a fine pick. Um, do you pay that much for him? I don't think he'll get much more expensive, but I said that about Petrarca and he went ballistic. So, um, yeah, I think he's fine if you want to pick him up and it suits your buys. I, I think he's like around 16 type job. I don't know how you can possibly get him in with that last buy round with all the the north boys and whatnot so i mean get him in if you can and probably plan for him if you can i think that's how i would put it just yeah just look at your buys and money and whatnot i think he'll come down a bit though yeah all right any more forwards you want to bring up before we move on most are owned at this point it's not really a uh you know, point of difference position this year. There's some clear and obvious ones. We all already own them. Um, you know, Jez is still sitting there in the top six, um, but, you know, we don't expect 
I mean, that might continue, right? His average might stay there, but you, you're gonna only for some ups and downs. Not probably somewhere you want to go. Um, All right. So, so don't don't laugh at me, but he's <laughs> one to watch. Uh, he's a two-time Brownlow medalist. His name is Nathan Fife. He's at 267k uh, now, so which is down 46k at the start of the year. He's got 101 break even. If he gets another wow. sub game, um, you know he's probably going to drop another low score. And then it might be sometime after his buy that they actually reintroduce him into the side uh, well and truly proper. Um, so he's someone that you might be able to look at at that point. And I think they have been giving him a little bit of CBAs. And it's funny how he looks good there, right? Like, that's weird how that works. Um, so just one to keep in your back of your minds. We're talking about these Bailey Humphreys and these Ratkins. But uh, Nathaniel Fife might be back on the menu to cook for our teams in a couple of weeks' time. Three twenties in his game log just doesn't look right, does it? Um, yeah, no. That's one for down the track. See what happens. And I know George's answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, just you can't put he barely put two games together. He hasn't done it yet. He's had two sub games. It doesn't really count. Three three um, sub games. Three. Oh my god! Imagine if he like, doesn't uh, play for the year and he's one twenty three k next year. <laughs> Wait, no, he, he he played round one and just had a really bad game, right? That was the 20, and then he's had two sub-games. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. All right. He might, be, he might be in all our starting teams next year. That's pretty funny. Uh, let's move on, then we can get to some questions at the end because I know a few um, people would have them. So stick around. We'll, we'll try to get through the next little bit. bit quicker, but who can go? I mean, probably pretty easy for a couple of these. Jacob Hopper, trade out by... The entire comp, basically, 20,000 trade-outs. That makes sense. Connor McKenna, you know, someone, some people were trying to hold, maybe eke a bit more cash out. I thought there could have been a chance, but dropped to 46, dropped to 35 the last two weeks. He's killed his cash gen, and it is time to go. Um, and then Kay Chandler. I mean, his break even is actually the highest here, sitting at over 100. But I guess what he can maybe tr- trust a bit more on field, and I know he hasn't put out scores the last two weeks. Um with some with some good matchups, but uh, you know if if there's one you have to trade at first, like a Hopper, like a McKenna, I think of the three, I'd prefer to hold Chandler for possibly a, a good on-field score um, one more week. If if you sort of had to, you know, can only yeah. trade two and you had to hold one, I'd probably be the one for me. What do you guys think on that front? For me, it comes down to what are you prioritizing more at this point in the year, and it's probably based on your team. Do you need points on field? In which case, you probably need to get rid of. Hopper because he's got the most money uh, on him or you know are you prioritizing cash gen in which case you might get rid of someone like Chandler because if he plays a week he's probably going to lose a bit while Hopper's not going to Um, so I think just have a look at your trade plans over the next couple of weeks and see what's more important is it the money or is it the points on field and then um, play around with that I guess the only other thing is like um, it's like does Hopper um, become a useful loophole if you've got a couple of questionable rookies on the field that you'd like to loop that you otherwise can't? Uh, it's, it is later, but I think most people have someone else that they can generally tend to loop. But yeah, that's, that's the only other thing just to look at. Like does Hopper's um, loop become useful for you? For a week, I, I wouldn't want to be holding him much longer than that. That's for sure. With a 69, George, he drops 15K. Is that... I mean, got to look at your team, see if you can afford your upgrade next week. Would you? Would you risk that? Is that or would you just it is. Yeah. No, no, get rid of him. Not because I don't yeah. have him, but um, he scores <laughs> better at the MCG, and um, he plays at, at late oval. 
I think I'm back McKenna at the Gabba uh, against Gold Coast, even though he's been terrible for two weeks. Um, lose less, I think. I don't even know McKenna's break even, but eighty-eight. Sure I just looked. Uh, probably, yeah, I'd probably stick it with a channel. I think you got more to lose with him. Yep. Ideally, right. both. Ideally, both for sure. But someone might have all of these three, you know, boosts, blah, blah, blah. So, anyway, we'll move on um, now to some rookies. And there's, I mean, there's a few on this list, but that's probably more because we don't know who is really good. And <laughs> most of them are probably more likely than not bad. So, We'll start with Drury. He's 102, the cheapest of the lot. Has a only negative 10 break even, which for a 102K rookie after two full games is very, very poor. And um, look, I think job security might be pretty decent. North had quite a few injuries on the weekend in that game. There is a few to come in. Um, I actually did watch them in the VFL, funnily enough, Uh if you ask me why, I have a mate who plays for them and for Frankston, but uh, they actually play quite well. And the likes of Wardlaw, Taron Thomas was back, um, who, if they want to pick him, is there and obviously will come straight in. Um, CCJ, so look, they have people to come in for those injuries, but I think Drury, should, I mean, there's no reason why that he sh- they shouldn't be playing him. Um, it's just the fact that he dropped to 17 and, yeah, don't know how much cash he, he'll make even if he does play, so... Any initial thoughts on Drury, guys, or do we... I mean, we'll speak about the rest, but the landscape isn't much. Um, and I know a few in early, quite a few in early last week, so... I mean, he's 102, so at least he made some decent money going down to him. Um, I think it's hard to tell because he played a good first half in the first game and has done nothing in the last six quarters. So I guess with rookies, like two games isn't generally... Like often it's not enough to get an understanding if they're any good or not. Um, and he's one where I'm not sure if he's any good or not because he's shown that he can be good, but he, for the most part, he's shown that he's been poor. So I think he's a skip, but like you could bring him in for like 130K if he does well next week. I don't know. I think I'd pass. It's pass Quick for thoughts, now. JD. No, I mean, I think I think you just have to pass. I think there's better options this week, and the buy round that he has is is poor. I really liked how he played um, in the first week, uh, and then just this week just wasn't there. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think there's a good chance he gets dropped if North doesn't have all the injuries. To be perfectly honest, and I think if if I look at their next three matchups, it's like. Swans, Collingwood, Essendon, and I think there's a chance I get smashed by all three of those teams like pretty badly. Um, I think you're gonna get beaten up around the ball a lot by all those sides. So uh, no, yeah, do I you either. yeah, I just don't think Drury's gonna see much of it, which is unfortunate. So I think there are other options I probably like this week. Yep. Uh, next one is Harry Sharp, 123k. Uh, it's been on the list for a couple of years. I remember having him on my bench. For whatever reason, a couple few years ago, and then he back when he was, was a straight out of the side, yeah, yes, yeah, and um, didn't turn out to be a great pick. Ended up being a loop pretty early, um, but has come a bit of a ways, right? He's you know an athlete more so. He's done his time in the in the twos, and um, actually looked all right in the game. I watched JD. I know you would have been watching it. He probably improved <laughs> off the back of. <laughs> I watched about three quarters and then swapped to watch and the end of Dogs Carlton because <laughs> that was that was hard to watch. Uh, I love how you do that. Uh, just check some fantasy players on the other game. Um, 
It was also close. Like it was a more exciting finish. Like the the Essendon Lions game had lost already all at that point. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, it was done. But he looked a lot better in his second game back. You know, into the ones this year. Um, I guess problem is Rich is still in the outer, as we said right at the top of the the podcast. Um, you know, one or two weeks away. So you know, if he's in the team still and Rich isn't, you might be a bit worried there. I think uh, I'm actually have a Brisbane mate who goes for Brisbane closely. Darcy Gardner's played like a few weeks in the VFL now. I mean, they might he might not get his way back in. Ryan Lester's playing well, um, and yeah, so like you you're not totally sure on his job security. They got Archie, yeah. Don't know. It's, it's that's the tough part, I guess. And as I said, most of these rookies aren't too great. But what do you think, um, JD? I'll go back to you first on Sharp. Is so I, I think he's the preference of the cheap options this week he with rich out he's definitely going to play at least one more game which is more than we can say for some of the others i do have some concern that he might be used as a sub once rich is back so that's probably the negative but it feels like you know if rich is the only other player to, to come into this side then he's best 23 best 24 type range and it means he's probably only an injury two away from coming back into the side i think we could also like say that mckenna has not been particularly good and even though Wilmot's played all right on a wing this year, I think Sharp's actually played better than most of Wilmot's wing games. So I could see them doing stuff like trying to accommodate Wilmot down back and actually giving McKenna a run in the twos or something like that. Um, so I don't know. I, I've got a, I've got a feeling that Sharp's going to be okay from here, but it's probably going to have its ups and downs. It's Answorth's the other one. I forgot who was the sub, who's kind of play similar positions. It's breathing down his neck too. So it's hard, George. They do have depth there. I'll, I'll skip, I think. I think there's a good chance he'll be all right. Like if I get a dead rookie, like I might as well just pack up and go if I already haven't. <laughs> I can't afford another one. So I'll probably opt for Weddle. Um, but I think he's like got the potential to be the best one given price. And I think it's third year in the system now. He's got that massive tank that we know about. Uh, probably pass. He looked a bit fumbly in his first game. Second game was a little bit better, but still had a few. He had two out in the falls or something like that. I'll pass, but like it could be a bad miss for sure. But I just I can't I can't get a potentially dropped rookie. But at least we get probably one or two price rises minimum, and then maybe some more. Yeah, I think he's all right though. Yeah, you can already tell by our tone that it's not the greatest cop to be looking at um tom berry's the next one uh nah just skip man it's ainsworth and holman coming back so skip might answer that question at team sheets really he might find his way out so yeah very tough to go there chessa i mean he's on your bench george oh he's (laughs) so bad bro (laughs) he's so bad 55 in the vfl just forget it next Josh Weddle, honestly, might be the one to go. If you missed him for whatever reason, um, did other trades, that's fair enough. Um, 168K uh, has a negative 23 break even. Uh, we spoke about CJ at the start. There might be some increased job security there. Um, and I feel like there's no point in them not playing him. He was their second pick in the draft, just just gone. Um, looked, you know, improved on uh, from first week to second week, whilst I didn't see the game kick the goal, uh, which is good to see. So maybe he's the best. Obviously, you've got to pay up a bit more, but at least I think you'd, you're a bit more confident on his job security going forward. Um, George, what, what did you see from Weddle? I watched all of his games. I think he just keeps improving as the game goes on. We saw him get a bit more confidence. A few times he was running carrying. 
He was his score was boosted by he took an intercept on the fifty meter line and then Roosted one from there went through pretty big moment for him so it would have been very exciting. No CJ helps his job security. I like given where they're at, he's high pick. They can't possibly not pay him play him. Uh, how much does he make from here till his buy? Maybe like 110, 100, 100 to 120K, maybe. I think he averages like 55 to 60. But um, yeah, I think as he gets more confidence, they'll use him a bit more because he provides that run and carry. I don't know if he'll play wing. I don't know if he'll play off halfback. I don't know if he'll play tall uh, like he did in the first game, I think. So uh, I think he's decent for job security and okay. Like I think you should get 100K out of him. It's tough to pay up again for rookies like i've just paid for sam simpson for atkins and now like not again it's just like <laughs> squeezing every cent but yeah uh, I th- uh, he would be my i think sharp has the best ceiling in terms of money making potential but i think Weddle was like your mid ground you're gonna he's gonna hold his spot he'll play th- for you through the buys but he can't he probably can't score as well as like a sharp or humphrey so he, he's probably my number one preference if you don't have him, but it's just sort of like the, yeah, you just know your high chance that he's a warm body. So, and he looked all right. So, yeah, I like him, even at that price. Anything to add, JD, or we just skip past? Uh, no, I think let's keep going. Yep. Um, look, you've got Baldwin down here. I guess Weddle was the same price, but obviously some people might already have him. You got some defenders coming back, JD, right into Essendon. So yeah, I'd yeah. Probably I'd, just skip Baldwin, that one. Baldwin did all right in his first game, but I, yeah, I don't don't see him holding his spot. Um, maybe the, the most contentious one here, Bailey Humphrey, will speak about. So, two hundred and ten k had his best game, obviously by far, on the weekend. Scored one hundred and seventeen against West Coast, uh, albeit, but. Um, there wasn't actually a video, right? You got the rising star nom, um, well deserved, obviously playing playing a game like that. Um, that he was cramping nearly every, pretty much every game. He said the first four or five weeks, um, maybe even more, uh, until the last couple of weeks. So it's a lot of sub games in his in his game log. You know, he got subbed off against the Tigers in the negatives after half a game. Was really struggling, um, but you know, pumped out a big big score and he. His time around the ball did really increase and has the last two weeks. If you, if you look at his heat maps, he's he's all over the all over the ground. So there are some positive signs there. Yes, he's an elevated price. Does have the positive buy. You know, a few things line up as to people picking Atkins last week, but of course he's a bit more risky. You know, only eighteen years old, um, playing a different role to Atkins, who's a lot more fantasy friendly, probably. So, what do you guys think here? I mean, his break even is negative fifty nine. A couple of fifty odds projected has him making, you know, at a bare minimum around let's say seventy to eighty k. Would you consider this at all, George? Um, hold on. What was his time on ground? Uh, so that's Humphrey as well over the last couple okay. of weeks. Um, I was looking at. That I think he's earlier. an okay pick because he has a good buy, has a big score in his system. There's definitely a risk that he drops a, a howler with. Um, upcoming fixture uh it's just not good i don't have it in front of me but um yeah the fixture's not great he looks like a really good player a good prospect he's like he's really tough um it goes in head first strong body already for an, i assume he's 18 
it's kind of a luxury sort of trade. I think he probably makes similar money to Weddle just because Weddle has like 60K on him, um, 60K less from here on out. I think it's okay if you can afford to make this move just because like he has a big score on his system and the buy as well. So I think it's okay, but there's every chance that he drops some poor scores. Watching him early in the year and like I think even before the negative three, I think the, one of the games before that, he was on like nothing towards halftime. Then I think he took, took a few grabs and scored quick. So low floor, high ceiling. Yep. The thing with Humphrey is he's a long-term commitment. He's not like you're not going to flick him in three weeks, I assume. I think you're going to hold him through all the way through the bias and get those extra scores. So you're going to get like six weeks out of him. Probably can get to 350, really, um, if he's playing more around the ball. I think I'd take this one off, but uh, I can't really afford it. So I'll pass, but it's a nice luxury. Obviously, hard for people to bring in JD, but if you could, would you consider it? Old Bailey Humphrey. Uh, I, I mean, I think the role over the last two weeks is the promising part where he's definitely moved up the field more and he scored better as a result. It's very different to the original role that we saw him in. So I think that's the positive. I think the weird thing about this movie is obviously people are jumping on him because he's got the 117 in his score. Uh, but... The reason why he's a good pick is more that he's got the job security and the good buy. So you're going to hold him through to round 15, you'd imagine. That's part of the reason why you pick him up, which means that the 117 is going to come out of his score during that period. And then he's going to start to go backwards in price. And then what do you do then? So if you if you only end up making 70 to 80K, but he scores you, averages you 60 from now to the end of the buys, are you okay with that? Or like, yeah, I, I think that's the thing people need to ask themselves because... I'd probably rather go sharp and have the extra 80K now to do stuff with than get Bailey Humphrey. And that sharp um, still has that first buy that if he plays through, it still kind of works well for a lot of teams. But Humphrey undoubtedly has better job security. Yep. I think he averages 60. That round 15, you said, is a nice sort of junk show. Have Hawthorne that week. And they have Collingwood the week after. So you probably want to hold him till then. And as you said, can he hold price enough for you to make it worthwhile? You probably I mean, want before to... before the Hawks game, their fixture is rough as well. Like I, I see yeah. a lot of losses, like Brisbane, Bulldogs, Crows, Carlton. So that's the like, that's a that's a who's who of probably like teams you don't really want to play if you're running a rookie half forward that's only had two games of scoring. This is some George theory, but two games in Darwin coming up. He's had some cramp issues. I might just completely write him off. You know, he's going to struggle. <laughs> he's going to really struggle. Was it? Was it? And Big they Gold that, Coast, obviously. Was it yeah. Big Seven that said he changed his diet? Was that? There was an inter- the interview with Cal Toomey for the Rising Star. He mentioned that yeah, first six weeks he just cramped every game by the third quarter. So, and so what did he change in his diet? I didn't read the article. He said something like more water, uh, more hydrolytes, just ate more. He said he just wasn't eating enough or something and. You know, his body was just cramping out towards the end of games. He said he was getting through the VFL, fine. But then as soon as he got to AFL, just couldn't couldn't do it. Run out. And then the Richmond game, he said Grimes just completely shut him down. He said, I've never felt so hopeless in a football game before or something, is what he said. He's like, I just couldn't. F- I had one touch, I think, to like half time and got subbed out. So, subbed out on uh, the negative, yeah. Anyway, he's there. Yeah, he's, he's a risk. We know that, but... Yeah. I'll tell you what, I love him as a prospect. He's got yeah. a like a nice frame as well. He's going to, I think, turn into a real good one. 
real yeah, good has one. Explosiveness, that sort of thing. So yeah. Do, you don't think he started um following Rao's pregame ritual and that's how he's got through the cramping issues, do you? Well, hopefully he can start teaching him how to eat leather if you're looking at him hey. as well. Um, 17 tackles, Rao. That is just ridiculous. Um last one, Aaron Francis. So uh, you know, they, I'm looking at all these guys because of, you know how mud I am and I can sort of do a stopgap 200k player and he's another one there with uh, a 95 on the weekend played obviously in the back line um, as North has Carlton and has his buy is what 215 with a negative two break even what do you see here Jaws I know I mean, uh, look at the injury update but with you know obviously the injured defenders I know we know ramp is long term but it's more I guess Tom McCartan yeah. who also TBC, so no, um, I'll probably pass. I don't know if like they got Logan McDonald injured now too, so I don't know if they play forward. I don't know, don't know if he plays back with the defenders coming back. Uh, probably just got Humphrey because you know that he's going to play. Yep. If I knew Francis was going to play down back the whole time, I'd almost favour him. Actually, no, probably not because of the buy. No, I don't see much reason to pick over Humphrey, but he probably just has a higher ceiling than him but yeah. in terms of consistency but anyway I uh, pass for me former Bombers boy JD what did, you, did you watch the, him play on the weekend yeah I mean did what I've been saying all season it's like so <laughs> weird they've been playing him as a forward when he's a natural intercept defender that's where he reads the ball back. and you saw it in this game he looked so much more comfortable at the level and did lots of really nice things uh, the Concerns are exactly what's been spoken about. McCartan brothers, when do they come back? More forwards out for the Swans, who fills in that role? Could be switched around. Like it's, you'd hope not after we just saw, you'd hope that he stays. And like the North matchup is really nice this week. He could do some good things there too, but uh, it's pretty hard. I wouldn't poo poo the buy. Most people can get through, I think, round 12, no issues. So, um, you know, it's, but the problem is he may not have a job in round 13 or 14 if some of these other boys return. So, um, yeah, it's it, – to be honest, if you could promise me same job security as Humphrey in that intercept defending role, I would have no problem taking Francis over Humphrey. But, uh, yeah, I, I just don't think he can do it. Yep. Fair enough. All right, let's get to some captains and then everyone who's still in the chat will start firing away some questions and we can uh, talk about some more obscure picks that you might want to talk about. Um Captains this week, boys, what what do you see? I see Sydney playing north and Errol Goulden with two back-to-back 150s. That's something you can look at. Um, and then maybe, you know, maybe like Gorn against Richmond. Gorn, yeah, Gorn VC against Port if you have. Obviously, Clary if you want as well, or Track. Take your pick there. Uh, I think Track's got a decent history against Port. Memory He's got a 141 and a 173. Like a 190 or 170. Yeah, a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Um, and then, yeah, I guess, what's your C options? Um, yeah, you could go English against uh, the Crows nah, and Mars. I don't feel comfortable yeah. with English in his last three. Yep, maybe a VC then if you wanted to. Although Rob's been given up, I think, a bit. Yeah, but that was pretty bad on the weekend, what we saw there. Uh, I mean, you were given uh, still thought more time, right? So it could be really good for English. I mean, it's hard It's hard to do it. I'd love to have him as vice-captain this week, but Marshall against GWS 
because they just gave up that big score to Cox, and I think Flynn's been relatively easy for for Rucks to score on this year. So Marshall's in pretty decent form. It's just obviously the concerns around the foot and being rested and all that. Which they they rested him in the game. He scored one thirty one. He spent the last like ten minutes on the bench, but yeah. um yeah, that's that's an outside chance if you're really struggling for options. Uh, anyone in the chat? I mean, maybe a, v- a Zebel shout here. We got. Uh, Shrek against the Cats. I don't mind that, actually, with what Big Segler playing at the minute. Um, and he's in good form. Yep. Yep, that could be a good shout. Um, but once again, it's, like, hard to VC. Like, it's hard to captain Shrek. So if you're VCing him, who's your who captain you... option after that? Correct. Um, yeah, Dunkley as well. I don't, maybe not... I mean, I said him last week, but I was over super coach at that point. But VC against Gold Coast maybe nice with... You know, took out, but you know they're always a, a, a good contest, mate. Merit against uh, Richmond's not bad either. Um, Probably just go all of it into Bond. Pretty straightforward. I think it's you want pretty to be safe. boring. <laughs> I, I, yeah, there's probably better ones out there, but yeah, I'm, pro- I'm really probably know. going. I'm probably going Petraka into Bond. I think. Yeah. I'd like to get maybe a Swan involved, like Gordon or, or something. Maybe if you had Chad oh, yeah. VC, but then that doesn't. Oh, you know, yeah, they Gordon, play the same yeah. time. They play the same time, so you don't have a Bont as backup, right? Like you said before, you've got to have yeah. a backup past that. Could you? So, see I don't see much after the Saturday afternoon game. Could you see Gordon after Bont? Could you see uh, after? Oh, sorry, after track. after track, yeah. Right? yeah. Could you see Gordon over Bont? Is what I meant. Because, like, really, he had that one bad game as, a, like, a 47 or something against Cats. But outside of that, I think he's only had two other games below the ton mark. And I have a feeling they were in losses. You'd have this North game penciled in as a win. Oh, Just got 50 CBAs because Mills was out in the first minute. Yeah, yeah I guess it kind of comes down to who gets brought in this week. Yeah. Yeah, one to think about. Um Dacos shout as well. You can obviously always think about him. <laughs> Probably not against the Blues. I think they're restrictive enough as a team that... I mean, I know Dacos, like the rules doesn't apply to him, but I, I just feel like probably not. Although with... Um, Actually, I think he's the best one though after Saturday afternoon. After Saturday afternoon, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, I'd say so. After the Bont game, I think he's the best of what's left outside of Marshall. And I'd probably still go Marshall over Dacos. But uh, like... Yeah, Dacos was. Mm. I think I'm into Dacos. With, with, with Harry Mackay <laughs> taking shots at goal, I mean, Dacos should get about 20 kick ins. So I don't know. Maybe it is uh, him. Yeah. Mate, I'm going to be clarion to Gould, and I don't really care too much about seeing him at this point. So I might just go for that. But we'll get to the questions. There's some people here. I think. Uh, is it Duke? He wants the question answered. He's. he's Says he has to go soon, so Merritt or Walsh, whoever I go most likely can't get uh, the other for the rest of the season. They'll be in my midfield, so the DPP doesn't matter. I would say Merritt on that front then. I'm not sure if you guys agree, but you save, what, 50K, DPP doesn't matter. Um, has that Merit. fixture about? I'd say Merritt. Walsh over Merritt destroyed me last year, <laughs> but probably won't be the same this year. I think Merritt post by. He's going to get more CBAs than Walsh. Better fixture. I, I mean, uh, I'd go Walsh because he's clear. 
Uh, like F1, yeah. They'll be in my mid, though, so if it doesn't matter, I don't know, then maybe merit. But, yeah, yeah. Then you could trade your worst forward or whatever. Yeah, Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got one for you, JD. Uh, Actually, both of you that have spoken about this, maybe tongue-in-cheek at times over the last couple of weeks, but would you consider... for me. Yeah, I know. There's probably more truth to it. But would you consider downgrading Bont to a fallen premium? Um, to bank the cash and obviously use that to upgrade elsewhere. I mean, you'd have to be in very dire straits to do this. Like, I'm sure you've got some rookies that can, you can downgrade. At this point, it's something that's maybe, yeah, if you've got absolutely nothing on but the bench and you're in real, real trouble, you I think part of it comes down to, like, do you like the downgrade options this week at all? Because if you want to pass on all of them, then it's like Bont and Hopper gets you... 1.2 mil rounds. and you can get yeah. to 600 you know 550 600k guys you don't have to get a rookie this week um the question then becomes like how do you get bumped back eventually so you've got to i think be quite flush on trades and have a strategy to get him back later but if you then need to get like in walsh and bond both after that last buy that's pretty hard to do so i wouldn't want to leave too many of moves like that as required but as we've seen with like oliver and lead it's just really hard to keep a high 700s well, high 600s price tag and in, in into the low 700s. So, yeah, I, like I think if if like you don't have any other rookies you want to trade out, you've got like Hopper, you can combine them and avoid the rookies this week. I don't, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Or even if you really liked um, Kennedy as an option um, and you wanted to combine a rookie plus Bont and get Kennedy in a Prima, I think you could do that too if you wanted to do a more risky line of play. Sendano. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is a full send. Like it could completely destroy your season from here. But if yeah. you want to try something different outside of the box, then I think that's a move that could work. I'd almost rather do Gorn to English. Uh, sorry, English to Gorn. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, don't. Get I guess it gets you less money. Much. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, uh, if, if English was still at seven hundred k mark at the moment, I would agree. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you did bring him up, Matt Kennedy, Ooh. and someone with my complete an utter mud situation is someone I've looked at who has a bit, has had a bit of a weird season, right? He started in the midfield in the first two rounds. He scored quite well, I think 110 and a 96. Um, then had a bit of a calf complaint. So again, probably not somewhere you want to go because that's what everyone's doing at the moment. Sort of was sub for a couple of weeks off the back of that calf. Um, and then on the weekend. Can he do in, a calf? Soreness. Not do one. Had oh, the soreness. Okay. But yeah, that's enough for you, George, to say no. I'm not. This isn't for you. This is for the broke boys. Um, just I think they have to keep him in there. He, when he was subbed on against West Coast three weeks ago, he was, you know, look, pretty easy game to get subbed on into, right? But dominated. I think he did the same last week as well, uh, and then played the full game, kicked chair out of the midfield, and and did a job sort of on Bont, I believe. One mm-hmm. of my Blues yeah, mates said did, anyway, and, did, and actually curtailed him quite well. So. It's weird. They don't know what they've got too many players to play through there. You know, they're even still trying to get Doc through there when they can, which makes it even weirder. Doc is playing midfield time, does it not? <laughs> like like we've already got too many. What are you doing? I don't know. I don't know. He's playing more than Chera, and Chera was on fire. I don't know. Um, there's risks. There's risks. He's there. He's three fifty. Could get to five hundred. It is feasible. What's your risk tolerance? Do you trust it? I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, so like just quickly on this, right? Like Hopper, which would say like the the starting him kind of gets a tick at this point, but it hasn't been amazing by any, but he made about 100K and averaged like 90 or so to get there. 
and he was locked in for 80, 90% CBAs, like top three in their rotation. Obviously, Carlton system's a little bit more friendlier to midfield scoring. But if you're thinking about that kind of being the same benchmark, he's got to go about 90 average um, to make 100K from here. Like, how much can you trust Kennedy to do it? I think that's the real risk. Is he locked into getting a good CBA role? Is he going to play more times than the two? And the biggest red flag of all, he's an ex-GWS player. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, it's, it is a full send move, and it's probably something that's more suited to the fantasy format than it is super coach at this time of the year, especially if you've been trading aggressively and you're already low on trades. Save money, go Humphrey. Yeah, that's where I'm sitting at, George. Puts money towards next week. Um so for it's anyone like forty k isn't it? Difference, something like that. Yeah, what are you really achieving? You might as well just go less and get a better premium in your next upgrade. And they have Collingwood this week. I mean, I don't know. Does anyone see that being any less than a monster win to Collingwood? Probably not. Um, uh, where am I at? Because there's obviously quite a few coming through. Thoughts on JDG? One I've also looked at now. <laughs> Again, I love having to look at all these. Uh, oh, this one actually hurts to talk about. He's really going well this year. And look, he missed a game for whatever reason, uh, you know, in the first or like five randomly. He had a couple of down ones too after he came back, but he's had six tons, I think. Just came off a really good game. Um, he's inconsistent though. So look, he's only at 500K. He's there as a cheaper option. They do have a really good fixture coming up. And look, I think Carlton are actually not too bad in the stoppages, right? I think... Oh, uh, yeah, Carlton, Carlton, I think, are hard to s- score on. So I think this week might be a tougher one, although Dugowie obviously isn't the traditional midfielder. But then the two weeks after with North and yeah, West Coast is they do juicy, juicy stuff. But can I just say, this is like the reverse Will Brody for me. Because if you remember, I brought in Dugowie cheap with like the 80% CBA rolls, and he did absolutely nothing last year. And then all of a sudden, this year he's averaging in the hundreds. Like, where was this last year? And Will Brody off playing in China now. Where was this last year? Like, what is going on? <laughs> I don't Sicily know. Good shorts. Cooked me all last year. Now mm. he's dog water. Like, what? What? I had hey, all the hey, right hey, moves. Hey, hey, hey. He, he's still 102 average and he's, yeah, actually he's still a six. top six defender. But he's six. not doing, he's no, not doing know, 120 he's not on mini. Yeah. 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 Um, Too injury prone. No. Yeah. Look. You know George by now. We don't need to ask him some of these players. Um, <laughs> he'd be yeah. a quick buy, like buy flip, right? He does have around fourteen buy. Has Melbourne before? Like after those two really good fixtures, who again aren't, as you said, too difficult. So look, cheaper position if you need to go somewhere like that. He's there, definitely in consideration. But if you don't need to go there, don't. Um, let's pick out some more. Uh, keep going down. We we had all the uh, the talk. Um, Any more comments about um George's hair care routine in there? <laughs> uh, or, unfortunately, or, not. Or, or, how, or how about the fact that you're a bandwagon Nuggets fan? That's clearly a never worn jacket that you're hanging up in the background there. It's a warm up jacket, mate. I don't I don't I don't play. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> what's it keeping warm then? The hanger. <laughs> Uh, this looks cool. I thought it was cool. You know, yeah, it, is, it is a cool looking. I do like it. I do like um, it. It's kind of got a bit of a retro look about it. Well, the OG, mate, the OG Nugget stuff is so good. I wish they kept it. Uh, they bring yeah. it back every now and then. But logo and and jerseys was, were very cool back in the day. Lucky Neil, I don't know how to read him this year, guys. Like, uh, it's not like if you take that monster game he had against North out, it's not 
really looking great. Nope. For him. Uh, I mean, what do we say about players that get tattoos? Especially mid-season. Oh, George, oh when what George spotted it, he was like, what is going I was on? Like, I was like, is that dirt on his shoulder? What is that? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, you know, he's 106 average with that 170, right? So he's really not had a great season. Um, he was on for a bad moment as well until he just cooked in the fourth quarter, I think. Mm, that's also correct. He's going to be cheap, cheaper than we've probably seen Neil for you know a couple of years at least. Oh, when he was that starting price, um, off, off the back of his really uh, injury year, would you consider it all? Um, George, we'll start with you. Just something in the back of my mind is we saw what happened with Jack McRae last year. Just get worse as the season goes on, and I think it's like it could be an age thing. So. Like, we could see him regress as the season goes on, I think. like It's just, maybe he gets better, I don't know. But I think when you're at this age, it, yeah, it's slightly, he's 29, 11 months, he's basically 30. They're always going to be slightly uncomfortable with that. Um, if he's like 500k post-buy, and that's all I can get to, I might think about it. Um, I'd rather like a younger Brayshaw than a Neil at this point in their careers, I just think Brayshaw should be on the up. Even if he's not, I think uh, just I don't know. I Brayshaw looks has looked really good the past three weeks. So I'll take Brayshaw over Neil. That could be a bad call because it's Lockie Neil. So I think it's not the worst option. I just think it's what is he average? I think low hundreds. Could be worse though because he had that Mickey game against North. Yep. Maybe like one or two. I think the concerning thing here is that what Brisbane's doing is working and it's no longer you tag Neil and then the Brisbane Lions midfield doesn't function anymore and it's game over. Uh, And so that's kind of the concerning thing. I don't see any reason for it to change. And it's not like there's been a lack of CBAs. He's getting 88%. It's just that the, his role in that team is now changed and it's working for them, but not good for super coach. So unless we hear something that comes out like he's been playing with an injury or something like that and now he's all good. I just don't see like where the improvement comes from. You're just kind of hoping that based on his past he gets back there, but I don't know why he would. Like what would change to make that that happen? So I, I find it really hard to be a buyer of Neil, but as soon as you start thinking about some of those 130 averages and stuff like that, you're like, well, kind of interested. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think he's probably a pass for now. Yeah, and look, when part of the question says for next week, you wouldn't bring him in just before he's by. You'd, you'd, you'd wait to post that um, yep. with the Hawks off the buy. So might be around 550 then. You'd have to be somewhat confident he can he can finish the year off strongly. But, um, yeah, there's Richmond in there. There's West Coast. There's not some bad games, but I don't know. I don't know if I trust him anymore, um, which has changed quite quickly, hasn't it? And look, Dunk's coming in doesn't help. I'm sure if anyone mentioned that, you know, he's uh, been really good in there. Maybe has taken the mantle. So uh, let's get some quicker ones and then we'll, we'll, we'll finish up. Um, how many rookies do you guys have on the field after this week's trades? Uh, so I've got uh, like Weddle and some Cotter looped in defense. And then I think I'm playing uh, Samson Ryan and probably one of like Seamus uh, and probably Seamus Mitchell. Yeah, so three. And then if you're carrying Sheasel, it's four. But yeah. I'd say like got, um, under 300k players or under under four. 
I got three. I got Atkins. It's going to straight field Seamus. And then um, one of Chincotta and Simpson. So I got three, but I can't, I can't upgrade probably till like three weeks. Yeah. Uh, look, I can be three if I force a couple of cheaper primos, but more likely probably still be at four because of um, Keller Mills. Thank you very much. So I think most would be probably three. Um, when can you guys next up? When can you guys get to two? Next week. I've got 150. I've got 150k in the bank. I have to trade this week, so I could go Samson Ryan up to someone next week, probably at the 500k um, mark. And then if I do a downgrade, I could go up to you know 600k and go down to proper two. But I'm I'm not sure I will. It depends on where what happens with Ryan next week with Nank comes back and what goes on with the break even all that type of stuff. But then after that, I, it's going to be a while. It's probably waiting in the buys until I go down to less than two because. Guys like Sincotta, Mitchell, Weddle all have a long way to go to make money. And really, most of the other rookies are dead after that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a far way off doing that, I think. So, we won't talk about it. <laughs> I think if I go two cheap premiums, I will be able to get to two next week. But, like, yeah, it'll be another cheap premium and it'll be just uh, kicking the can down the road, as they say. Um, Lloyd Meek, I think people have brought up, but I believe Rees might be good to go, so probably just no. scratch that one. Anyway, um, uh, da, da, da. Uh, if, 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 if like, Proust was out a month, then, like, yeah, I think Meeks would be interesting, but, yeah, no, he sounds like he's going to play this week. Yeah. Um, we did, did speak about this specifically, um, Niblo, but I don't know if I'd be boost. <sighs> Would you waste one of your yeah, last one or two boosts on doing that? George? What are you boosting on now? Upgrading. But, yeah, boost, boost, nah, boost is so much less valuable now, honestly. Especially once you get to the buys, because if you get injuries, you can still sideways them out pretty easily anyway. So That's a lot um, of extra scores over the buys. I would do that. There's your answer. Um, would you go Weddle or Humphrey, though? Or Weddle. Sharp? Would you just go down to Sharp? I'd go Weddle Sharp, yeah. I don't, I don't think I'd go Humphrey. Like it. Don't know if this is a troll, but thoughts on Grundy? I mean, thoughts? Uh, oh, um... like his hairstyle. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah well, I think, Used to be good. Really good. Um, I also think it's nice how he might give Gorn forward status, but outside of that... He had true. more rock time than Gorn. I, yeah, I mean, from a football perspective, I do think it's interesting what they're trialing, and it does seem like it's starting to click with their forward line, which has been one of their biggest weaknesses. But yeah, Supercoach is just irrelevant. Yeah. Um, Chincotta or Weddle, I think, like I think JD said, if you have Cowan, you should be able to loop. Hopefully, for all plays. in defense. Yeah, that too. That too. Um, I don't even want to think about what happens if he's dropped. It's it's a it's a really hard one, right, for Shinkota or Weddle because like Shinkota has shown the better scoring of the two over their time so far, but obviously the poor matchup last week crushed Shinkota, and Collingwood's another poor matchup this week. Uh, and then Weddle, on the other hand, has one of the softer matchups with West Coast, and you especially think as a rookie, there's a chance to get on top, you could score well. So uh, ideally, you loop these. If I'm straight fielding, I probably back Sincotta and just say that the 33 is the aberration and the 70s that we score saw in the weeks before that is what's real. But yeah, it's it's, it's tricky. That's really tricky. Um, we've got 
old Aiden here saying, VC Gordon, yeah, we did speak about that. You've just got to see what you want as a backup C, right? Because that sort of rules out Clary, rules out Bont. They play at the same time. Just got to be confident in a C option if, if he doesn't live up to that. Um, Red Dog, assume that's Redmond. We also spoke about him. If you scroll back to the defender area towards the end, um, he's there. If you want a, you need a cheaper option, you can't afford. High, um, high risk, high reward. Yeah, no has guarantees. a decent run I coming up. I him next week because I can't get anyone else. It's like, it's, <laughs> uh, I don't know if I should do that though. Might be. Um, the first part of this question, we sort of answered if you, you know, there are the um, the headers down the bottom. We spoke about who who, who can go and all gave opinion there. But Libba, uh, as, a, as an option, look great if you can afford him. But I just, again, he's like 620K now, I think, 625. I don't know how you're doing it. Uh, if you could get some, if you can accommodate someone from last buy, I want Walsh as well. So unless you've already got Walsh, like, and Walsh is still a pod, like I think he's very lowly owned. Yeah. Uh, unless unless it somehow shot up because Mad Men are bringing in seven percent of teams is Sam Walsh. So that is the pod I would take from that buy. It's not liver. Fair enough. Um. Yeah. Gonna get the forward status. Um. How do you rank these, George? So obviously, few of the cheaper ones um, that this this gentleman's looking at. Uh, Merritt, Brayshaw, Steele to go away from here. I love how he says mm. pure points. Like what? What else? Like style? Brandon votes. I'd probably know. go Merritt, uh, Brayshaw, Steele to go away. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, I think so people. Too. Everyone hating uh, on Steele. Yeah, Steele. If you take out the bullshit games, he's like doing 102 and he was on track for like a 110. And that bullshit game is including a game with low stoppages and a broken collarbone game. So it's just every game is bullshit. Sorry. So I think he's not, if you look at the numbers, you break him down, it's not actually that bad. So I, I would have to go over Steel, but I'm much oh. more likely to trade in Steel than to go from here on out. I think like the like pure points, total points, Steele is probably the most likely of those four to miss multiple games from here to the end. But I also think that he'll end up having much better upside than Dugowie with does. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, Steele almost had his like he might miss this week because of his leg. That is the most unluckiest injury I've ever seen. No one's saying yeah, it's, but, a predi- but, it's happened. It's happened. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter how unlucky it okay, is. Okay. It's pure points. Pure points. Okay. George, George's bias to injuries to players he likes is <laughs> yeah, undefeated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> undefeated. It's happened, George. We know it's unlucky, but it's happened. He, and he's, he's in doubt. So that plays a part okay, for the rest right, of the season, right? right? <laughs> yeah. Dugowie hasn't got his knee kicked out. But again, he might he might go clubbing at a yeah, misfortune yeah, yeah. time. Who knows? Um, all right. We'll smash it a few more and we'll, we'll jump off. But almost a couple of hours here on the live. So thanks, everyone, for, for joining and sticking around. Um, uh this is a bit of a weird one. Oh, Jackie Hamilton, Oliver or Warner. So obviously, you know, difference is banking some cash, but I'm just getting Clary in, mate. Oliver. <laughs> yeah, Clary. That like, was the lesson from last week as well. Just get Clary. There are very few proper premiums in the game at the moment that are both durable and consistent. And Clary is one of the few. I fully appreciate I'm jinxing him, but yeah, I think like it's just, it has to be Clary. He doesn't look like he's going to get much cheaper. Yep. I'm sure George's... Um... Agrees. Uh, let's. I'm just trying to weed out some. Uh, Corey also got Walsh last week for McKenna and Ashcroft, and also have Clary and Petraka. 
damn, son. This team must be, be uh, flying. And Sharp or Stewart. Or, uh, this is a bit hard to understand. I won't lie to you, Corey, but... <laughs> um, I got Walsh last week for McKenna and Ashcroft. Also, Clary Petraka. That's great. So he's got Walsh, Clary Petraka. Great. Oh, wait. Also, and Sharp or a Stewart. It just keeps going. Sarong and a Humphrey, <laughs> as already have merit. <laughs> Who doesn't Get them all in. It sounds like he's asking about Stewart and Sarong. So I would get Stewart over Sarong, just given locked in this defender, goodbye. Yep. But if if you're weighing up, should I get like a Clary over a Stewart and your buys let you do that, then like, yeah, I think so. But if it's like Stewart or Sarong, Stewart is, is where I'd be leaning. Yep. Um, oh, we sort of spoke on, bro. Yeah, go on, George. Before I think he was trying to say um, go down to Sharp and get the Demon's mid, I think. Oh, Right, so Stuart and Humphrey versus like Clary and Sharp. Yeah. I'd probably get Clary and Sharp. Yeah. yeah. I'd go Although, I mean, Henry. Stuart and Humphrey is a pretty nice like buy help. Buy set up. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe that. Maybe that. Um, sort of already spoke, but yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Sarong's breakout. Uh, I assume you mean there. A little bit, yeah. Effect Brayshaw for sure. Um. Jonas, trading Hopper locked. Would you trade Wilmot or Noah, <laughs> Ben Long? Um, Noah Long, generational yeah. talent. Yeah. Oh, you still got him. Um, I mean, maybe Get trade Wilmot. Yeah, not really you sure. Trade either. Long on his buy. Um, I don't know what his, how many weeks away he is, though. He's securing Chester this week, mate. I mean, George already has him, mate. He saw the future. He got that fault. <laughs> he kept him. <laughs> He's going to get a nice, cool 35K out of him and, and um, oh, upgrade him to a, another rookie. <laughs> uh, yeah, true. He might not even get that. A uh, couple more. Um, Hippo, will say we did speak about Kennedy maybe 15 minutes ago, 20, so you can um, scroll back there. He'll The question will be on the screen. Uh, and then... Okay, please tell me if Ben Hobbs is an option. I mean, I don't think I have to tell you no, but I, I'll not even look Someone said he didn't get CBAs. Um, 332K forward, I'm going to say no anyway, just because I just don't. His VFL numbers are like, I think he's like number one or number two for VFL numbers. Yeah, zero CBAs, George. Like, I don't know. Oh, no, I can't go there. No. Can't go there at all. If he was, I think he could actually consider, but no. Yeah. All right, we'll wrap it up there. We've lost JD for the fourth time. I think something's going on with his computer. But thank you for all watching. It's been, yeah, almost a two-hour stream. Let us know if you liked uh, this sort of format. We might continue it. We might not. We'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, so buys are coming up soon. A bit to think about. Uh, I'm not going so great. George's not going so great. So we'll be riding JD's team uh, into the sunset. Yeah. So if we can secure a top 100 finish this year, that'd be really cool. So... Uh, and then a lot of others doing well uh, amongst the community leagues as well. George, they updated that uh, that thing where it had that, that league that was yeah. uh, four hundred thousand points ahead of us. They're gone, and now it's back where we do have the top thirteen leagues, I believe it is. And look, yeah, you know, maybe there's not other communities putting them together this year, but we put through quite a few. And it just goes yeah. to show, like, well, it's me and you, not so great, but other people in our you know Discord that uh, are quite you know frequent there and and um, watch our content are doing quite well. So. Yeah, congrats yeah. to everyone that is. Uh, we're happy for you. We're not so happy about our own teams, but we'll we'll, we'll keep trying. We no, 
<laughs> George might so rage on a few videos. Start taking advice from them. <laughs> they can feed yeah, us. Exactly. <laughs> they can feed me some. You'd be you got absolutely molested by. I shouldn't say that word, but by the Mills and um. Took in oh, captain I mean, and the Mills. Year. That is uh yeah. You captain Laird. That doesn't help at the start. Yeah, I think um, just the no Chandler is just. Oh. I could do with that extra 230k, but no Zebel for me. So maybe we, we just need to combine our butts. thoughts, George. Yeah. So we don't make some stupid things. Two fives make a ten. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, I forget who, which comedian says that. Uh, the roast guy he always makes that joke. <laughs> Sees two women. It's like two fives make a ten. <laughs> anyway, Jeff thanks Ross, for watching, guys. We'll um, we'll catch you on the next one. Cheers.